Well, all that said, I'd like to introduce to you um, a couple today who are going to share their God story with you. It's a couple that I've gotten to know um, well over the past few months. And, and the beginning is just, ah, oh, it's amazing what God is doing in their life. And I think you're going to be impacted by them as well. For years, I've had this dream that Fellowship of Faith would not be a single multi or, or a single campus church, but, but because I believe that the church needs to be in the business of starting new churches. We, we know the tendency. We find a place we like and we make it all about us. You know, I come to the place that I like, that's convenient for me to do my thing here and see how it can serve me. But I see Jesus' vision of the church being very different than that. That every church is meant to be a place reaching out into its local community or a subculture within one. And I'm going to introduce you to this couple today who've started a church from scratch. They're going to share the story of what got them there, of what it's like, the challenges they face. Would you join me in welcoming to the stage Terry and Kayla Kino? Let's give them a hand. All right. Right, you're following in the Justin Johnson tradition here. You're singing, you're speaking. A little bit. You don't know what that means, but we do. And uh -oh. uh, <laughs> it's great having you guys here. Thank you so much. For, yeah. Uh, Thanks for thank letting us be a part of this. You know. <laughs> Absolutely. You. Absolutely. And, and and it's been a joy. And uh, let's start here. Let's do introductions. Why don't you just uh, excuse me? I'm losing my voice here today. <laughs> um, why don't you just share? Uh, you, you know, just introduce yourself to the congregation and the people listening today. Maybe a little yeah. bit about your story, and then. I'm eager to talk about this house church, man. So. Yeah, definitely. Well, I'd say just, you know, I'm Terry uh, from Seward, Nebraska. That's where we live and kind of started this little house church. Um, you know, Kayla and I met at Concordia and Seward, um, you know, both kind of coming out of very toxic relationships before. Um, and just kind of, you know, she doesn't believe me, but I always said, you know, I was just looking for, you know, a friend to hang out with during the summer. Uh, but I guess she thought I wanted something more than that. And... <laughs> You know, I just kind of, you know, grew up going to church on Sundays, you know, that's just what we did, you know, regular churchgoer and, you know, started getting involved in music um, with my sister Molly, who also, you know, helps out in our band and just kind of, you know, kind of went wherever God said, hey, you know, we're going to go here. You're going to play here and kind of build some relationships and through that whole process just, you know, eventually built up to, you know, being here today on, on this stage, but just kind of cool relationships that are brought out of that with different mentors from, you know, Concordia, different friends, and really had a lot of cool role models, um, you know, and then eventually meeting up with Steve at, at a 211. So through that whole process, you know, kind of shaped and molded, you know, what our framework of church was, which was a little bit different than what Kayla was used to kind of growing up. You know, we probably went to seven different churches before Kayla and I even met. So that's kind of a little bit about me and kind of my church background at least. Yeah, and Kayla, how about you? Yeah, so Dave told me I wasn't allowed to say ditto. Um, <laughs> but no, Tara and I actually do have very similar um, stories when it comes to how we grew up and um, the mistakes we've made and kind of our path to where we are now. Um, like Terry said, I did not church hop. My parents still go to the same church that they went to when they got married, and that's where I, I always grew up. Um, 
Yeah, I came to Seward. I'm originally from Colorado. So I came to Seward uh, to go to Concordia to be a DCE. And after my freshman year, I had grown up in a very strict Lutheran home and, you know, you didn't get tattoos or anything like that. And I had three tattoos by the end of my freshman year and kind of was like, I can't stand up in front of kids and tell them, you know, in the Bible where you can't, how it says you can't get tattoos. And then I have tattoos. I was very big on like, well, I don't want to look like a hypocrite. And so (laughs) I dropped out of the DCE program and ended up um, switching to just psychology. But um, in that process, I think um, I had interned with my DCE back home for four years. And I, once I dropped out of the DCE program, I kind of just stopped going to church after that. Um, I had made some mistakes and kind of felt like, oh, well, you know, I've started to turn my back. I might as well just stop faking it. And so I just stopped going. And then whenever I'd go visit my parents back home, I'd talk to the congregation like nothing had changed. And um, I think it was a couple months before I met Terry, I had told one of my really close friends, um, you know, I kind of felt like I was living two different lives and I was tired of putting on a face that everything was okay and trying to act like it was perfect because in my head, you know, when you're going to church, you're supposed to have your life together. (laughs) Um, And this friend had asked me to go to church with her for probably a year and I had just gotten out of a toxic relationship, kind of, um, and and didn't I didn't really know what to do next. Um, I was on the tennis team, and it was kind of split. Of some people went to church, and some people didn't. And this friend just one day was just like, "Hey, I know I ask you all the time, and you usually say no, but do you want to go to church with me today?" And for some reason that day I said yes. So went to church with her and about a month later I met Terry and he had invited me to go to um, 211 from there and then our paths kind of connected and continue the same after that too. So You know, it's, it's fascinating to me because it's a common story I mm-hmm. hear from people who are, can I say, born and raised in a yep. church. Both of you brought up in... Uh, you know, Lutheran Church, you know, Missouri, mm-hmm. some kind of context like that. And I see this happen a lot where you kind of take God for granted. Yeah. You know, you're brought up, you know the Bible stories, you know the truths, but you've never really had to wrestle with them because it's always been so spoon-fed mm-hmm. to you and, and it kind of put upon you before you had to thirst for it or yeah. ache for it or, or, or seek it. And you hit high school or maybe <laughs> college yep. and whether you're bored with God, whether you're just getting exposed to different ideas in a more serious way for the first time, there's this kind of drift from God yeah. that it seems both of you happen. And I don't mean a disbelief in God, but any kind of devoted connection yeah. to him, right? Yeah, definitely. And I think just kind of the, the interesting part about it, you know, like you hear of, you know, testimonies and people have those big God moments of, you know, didn't grow up in the church and they, you know, hit rock bottom and, you know, like that wasn't me, that wasn't my story, but I think it's just really cool to see God work in, you know, those lives, but then also going, yeah, there are people who go to church, but then also fall off, you know, and wrestle with sin. You know, it's not just because you're a Christian, you know, Jesus says it's not going to be an easy life. And I think the best part is, like you said, you almost, almost take it for granted, you know, going, well, yeah, I'm, I'm saved, you know, I go to church and, you know, that's kind of where, where I was at, you know, I was worshiping with the band with Steve, you know, and then, you know, fell off, you know, started 
getting involved with, you know, underage drinking, a little bit of drugs, and, you know, similar, like what Kayla said, a toxic relationship that you start to kind of think, mm -hmm. okay, you know, I've, I know I'm saved, but what else is out there? You know, you're almost starting to fill a hole that, um, you know, isn't void, but then once you start dabbling in other, you know, aspects, it's, you start drifting apart further and further. So mm -hmm. I think that's what's really interesting, you know, kind of about like our stories is, you know, it wasn't a big rock bottom, you know, come to Jesus moment, which, you know, hopefully helps other people kind of realize, yeah, the life of a Christian, it's, you know, it's not easy, but there's very rarely, you know, a unique case where you go, well, I'm different. So, you know, God wouldn't be able to rescue me. You know, there's always a similar story out there, which I think is just really kind of, cool and what we've kind of even put into like our house church is that, you know, it doesn't matter what your background or kind of what your story is, like God will work with you at wherever stage of life you're at. And the drift I find is often more insipid. You know, rarely does someone kind of just make an informed decision, if I can put right. it that way, to go, <laughs> I think I'm going to stop following God today. Right. It's, it's the consequence of a thousand little choices that in their own right seem insignificant, but they have a compounding effect mm -hmm. that, you know, one degree off course, if you're always in motion, eventually leads you to a million miles away. Right. And, and it sounds like for, for the two of you, I mean, it was something similar and you almost wake up and go, I thought I was going to be a DCE. And in right. and, and, and a course of life, there, there, there was a number of things you mentioned though, and, and Kayla specifically, in your story, uh, what I would call some of these, these false Christian cliches, things that I bet were never actually formally taught in your church, but assumptions <laughs> that I see Christians often make. Things like, well, you go to church and they have it all together because you're supposed to have it all together or Christians aren't <laughs> supposed to have tattoos. There's like three or four of these right. that you kind of dropped and it's fascinating to me how the assumptions people often make aren't actually what's true mm -hmm. or what's being taught and the danger I think that has for those of us who take church for granted. Mm -hmm. You know, let's face it, we all learn by culture. Yeah. We all learn just by picking up the vibe. What do they do? How do mm -hmm. they look? How do they act? You know, we're follow the crowd people by nature and half the time the crowd doesn't know where they're going except in circles. Yeah. Um, but exactly. we just assume that that's what the way of God mm -hmm. is all about, right? Oh, and so yeah. you guys find yourself in this place. Now, your parents are still going to the same church <laughs> back in Sterling, Colorado, yep. right? And, um, you had a story of being rooted or anchored, at least maybe when you'd go home on break, things like that. Yours was a little bit different. You had a history of some toxic things mm -hmm. in church. And, and, you know, I don't think you're alone in that at all. Mm -hmm. um, look, I'm not asking you to, like, name drop or stuff like that. But, I mean, some of the things that you shared with me even early on in your church experience. Can you share with yeah. me some of the, just like the toxicities that your family faced, that you faced, things of that nature? Yeah, definitely. Like I said, you know, it wasn't uncommon for my family, at least, you know, to go to a church for two years. And then, you know, something happened. God said, hey, this isn't the right place for you. And some of those reasons weren't toxic. You know, it was just a relationship that we built somewhere else. But we would run into, you know, um, you know, most recently that I think was kind of the big moment where we said, hey, something's got to change, you know, being with Steve um, in Lincoln. And there was just manipulation that was happening. And there are just so many signs from God where it's, hey, you know, this is affecting your faith life. You know, you are regretting going to church on Sunday, feeling phony. You know, for me, um, you know, that's the most recent just kind of seeing that something's so good like going to church on Sunday, you know, my mom said, you know, the best part when we were all going together, um, you know, was 
seeing me and my sister up on stage, you know, worshiping. That's just what we did. You know, music were gifts that God gave us. Um, and then she would look to her left, look to her right, and she would see my brother, my sister, uh, my nieces, nephews, you know, my dad. We're all there together. Mm -hmm. um, and then essentially, you know, the devil does his work, even in, you know, the church. And there are just relationships that then, you know, God made it very clear that uh, we weren't supposed to be there anymore, you know. We tried to, you know, voice some things that were just going on, you know, in the church, and essentially, you know, it, it resulted in us, you know, getting kicked out, which sounds really extreme, but, you know, like, don't want to sugarcoat it. So I remember getting back from work, getting, like, that phone call, and just thinking, you know, all my life I've been going to church. I've been playing music in church. You know, I love music, and I love church, and just all in five seconds, you know, essentially that was taken away. And at first, you know, it's just kind of, you're in shock going, well, okay, you know, this, this happens. Can't really do anything about it. Like, this just happened. But then you just kind of let it sink in. And then just kind of what we took for granted of being able to go into church with, you know, my family, like my mom said, seeing everybody there, like, that's not something that everybody gets to have in their family. You know, knowing that not everybody is saved there. Me and Molly's gifts of being able to, you know, worship with music, that's just a huge passion. That's just taken away. And so then, wasn't necessarily like angry at God, but it's just kind of, you know, obviously there's a plan here that I'm not quite sure what the right direction is. So we were like, well, you know what? We still got to do something. Well, then we started going to, you know, another church and, you know, started working with them saying, hey, you know, let's get some contemporary music going or something. Well, it just kind of fizzled out, you know? And there's just yeah. kind of like Molly said, um, my sister and, you know, this is not a house church that me and Kayla started. This was like a whole family get together, but, um, we just kind of felt like we were wandering, really, kind of like the Israelites going, hey, you know, we know that there's something for us, but what is that? You know, doors would open and then they would close a little bit. So it's just kind of a matter of following God and going, okay, what are we supposed to be doing? You know, you want to have the right intentions doing something, but then also you have that yearning of, I want to use my gifts. I want to be able to go worship. Um, and that's just kind of where we were at. We got connected then with another church in, in a similar town and kind of almost was like, hey, we could start like a little house church. Yeah, and it looks like a door is opening yeah. here. And you know, yeah. it's like, you know, we might have something here. And then Kayla probably has the best analogy with it, just kind of where we were at trying to do that, because there's obviously a time where you have to do healing. You know, you can't just start up again and go, well, let's just go, you know, any church and let's just pick up where we left off. Like, you almost have to mourn in a sense, kind of going, hey, this was taken away, let's, let's heal from this. But that only goes for a certain amount of time until there's, there's an action. So I think you have the best way of explaining just kind of what that yeah, was yeah. like. Yeah, what's yeah, your, what's your explanation or analogy here? Yeah, yeah so um, when we first got connected with the most recent church that we were going to, um, things, I mean, looked really good. The, how I had always looked at it is like when his sister has um, twins and when they feel comfortable, they will dance around at church. And that was like the first time they had in a year. So I was like, oh, this is good. Um, and then the relationship started to kind of fizzle out um, with the band and everything. And um, then the pastor reached out and said, oh, you know, I've, we've kind of been looking at extending the church or kind of doing an outreach. Um, and so we had talked about um, doing a home church or finding a space um, and kind of renting it to do church on Sundays, and at that time, Tara and I had 
decided to move and so we ended up getting a house that had an unfinished basement and had briefly mentioned oh well we could do something here and um, that relationship eventually fizzled out too and I told Terry a couple weeks ago of uh, it just kind of seemed you know looking back it kind of seemed like we thought all these doors were opening um, and we were like oh this is where God wants us to go and you know he wants us to do this type of church with these people and then something would happen and God and it kind of felt like God was just saying like no that's not what you're doing and then um, I told Terry it kind of seemed where we're at now it kind of seemed like God was like no like what's your why you're not doing this to create a church so that your name can get out there Um, and that's kind of what it felt like was happening at first when we were working um, with other people and so I said it kind of was just like God's like nope you are doing this to be stripped back and just to worship me Um, which like Terry he really likes the song um, magnify and um, we've done a couple of songs at the church that are all about you know like we're worshiping to worship God and not to uh, magnify our own names. And so that was something that I kind of learned in the last, I mean, just in the last couple of weeks of just like, oh yeah, it did kind of seem like God was saying, no, you're still doing it for yourself. You're not doing this for me. So until we got to that point, then God was like, okay, this is what I want you to do. And yeah. so often you almost do have to be stripped away. It's not a lesson you can be taught academically. You can understand it cognitively, but it's something that God has to kind of develop in you by living it. And and it always sounds great Mm -hmm. when you're on a stage sharing the story afterwards. (laughs) Right. But in the midst of it, I I mean, what was this like emotionally? Because this wasn't like a one-day thing. This this was a a journey of, of, of hurt. Yeah. You know, some people have experienced church hurts, which are catastrophic. I know you mentioned earlier in, in one of the churches that your family hopped from, not, not in relation to you or your family, but, but the minister was even you know, accused or charged with pedophilia. I mean, mm-hmm. that's a deep hurt yeah. someone can face. But yours sounds more like a journey of death by a thousand paper cuts. Yeah, You, you know much. what I mean? It's these, these little dings, yep. these little wounds, these little frustrations, and they have that compounding effect yeah. that, that leads you. What did that do to you guys? Yeah, well, for me specifically, I know... Even growing up, you know, like, authority was something that I always had to work with, like, through high school, you know, you run into, like, a rebellious phase, you're like, well, I'm not going to listen to my parents, I'm not going to listen to my, you know, principal, but I started to see that almost creep up into pastors, you know, through this process, I started distrusting them completely, you know, like, Mm -hmm. going, I think pastors are out for, you know, to grow their mission, and so, for me, that made me very, very hesitant to have a relationship beyond the surface level, you know, with, with a pastor even, you know, mm-hmm. working with a couple of them, I was, you know, very, you have to be very vulnerable when you try and start something like a house church <laughs> or get involved with the music. And I just felt burned every time going, mm-hmm. Hey, I'm putting myself out here. And then, you know, with the most recent one that we worked with, you know, kind of like Kayla said, you know, there are a lot of logistics that were thrown in the way and, you know, kind of getting in the way of what we wanted to accomplish. So that hurt for me was probably the thing that I had to most, most take the gut check on is going, okay, what is this affecting in my life? You know, I don't want to have the stigma, you know, that all pastors are out for themselves, but you know, that was one aspect of it. But then also just the overall frustration of going, what if this doesn't work? What yeah, if and there the uncertainty is of that, and there's one more wound, and can I right. sustain that wound? And what is the, just, 
Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. You just see that, you know, we, we have a 14 month old son, Ezekiel, and the thought then goes in my head of what if he doesn't know what it's like to go to church? You know, like that to me was the scariest part for me going, you know, I grown up, I've grown up in church, you know, I know it. I can only do so much, you know, as a parent, you know, nurturing him, but then with my nieces who are seven and, you know, another one that's three and our, my sister had a kid, you know, a couple weeks after Zeke and it's just, those were kind of the hurts going, this is not good. You know, there's that possibility. And so for me, it's kind of those trust issues, you know, when you're vulnerable like that with, you know, pastors or just that overall fear of this might not work out, you know, and what that kind of looks like. That was for me probably the, the biggest hurdles and, and the hurt to kind of get over in that. You know, and Kayla, as you're walking, yeah, go ahead. As you're walking alongside this, how about for you? Yeah, um, it was different for me. Like their whole family had been going to 211 for years and I had only been going there for probably a year. And mm-hmm. then we left about a month after we got married. So I didn't know people real well there. Um, and I told Terry multiple times, I felt like my anger came so long after the rest of the family. So like everyone else was kind of like smolder, trying right? to yeah. heal from it. Yeah. And then I was like, wait, I'm kind of mad about this. <laughs> so um, yeah, I think for me, more of what it affected was from the outside looking in um, because I didn't have those connections at a lot of these churches. Um, it was different for me and it was more so just that like protective kind of anger of okay you've hurt people in my family and then watching them go through it um and trying to figure out like okay i don't don't know how i can be there you know how to help um so that was kind of my side of it and then this most recent one it was i told tara i said it was more so an annoyance because i've never um seen grown men be as petty but um, so it's more just anger at that now and just not anger at, at church necessarily but um, you know it's unfortunate just because I grew up in the same church and my parents still go there and you know kind of like what Terry said with Zeke and seeing that um, one comment I'd made to Terry when we first were deciding you know are we going to do this house churches we got married in a church. And I said, well, our son is not getting married in our basement. So <laughs> we're figuring something out. But um, Terry's like, well, in 20 years, you know, that it might, we might be in a different place. You might have the basement finished by that right, point. Yeah, right, yeah. It, it, we might have walls up. <laughs> but no, the, the anger definitely came a lot later than um, their family. And I'm really big on like trying to see other people's perspectives and so I think it, then it was more so like, well, Terry, you know, what, maybe this, you know, just, you could forgive them for this. And Terry's like, no, not there yet. Just give me a moment. She's but. very good at giving people the benefit of the doubt, which I sometimes am not. But <laughs> I think that's why we make such a great team. And one of the, I think one thing that was always really cool to see God work is whenever something bad would happen, you know, we would get burned by a church or, you know, there'd be a relationship that was just completely cut off. And mm-hmm. there's always something that God said, oh, hey, here, you're going to, you're going to use this. Like, I don't know if anybody watches the TV show, The Chosen. Um, kind of right when all this started, my family had started watching that. Kayla and I weren't, we didn't really know anything of it, but it just kind of walks through the relationships that God had with the disciples. And when I started losing, you know, faith in the church, you know, lowercase c, going, you know, I just, I can't trust a church. You know, I don't want to go to a church now because I'm going to get burned. 
the relationship of the capital C church is what always brought me to kind of keep my head up almost going, okay, God, you've got a plan here. And that church doesn't have to be, you know, a building with projectors and, you know, stages and pastors, like it's relationships, you know, our family getting together, just like Jesus kind of called the disciples. um, They didn't have a building, you know, for us, it was how can we get together and still worship? So even when there's that, you know, the loss of faith in the, the lower KC church, God always was like, hey, here's, you know, watch this TV series and, and still get fed. So it was cool to see that kind of happen as we started having these conversations with our family going, you know, I feel like God's calling us to do something. But what that looks like was a little unclear until we kind of, you know, Kayla and I got a, a house that had an unfinished basement. And then, you know, those signs kind of started to become a little bit more clear as that unfolded. Well, let me push you on that a little bit, and Kayla, I'll let you speak into it, because at least in my experience, you know, I have my own set of church hurts Mm -hmm. and and burns, if we can use that kind of language from the past, and I find that to be a pretty universal thing. I'm not going to speak for every Christian, but I find that at least most Christians at some point have had some kind of wound, hurt, frustration, uh, discouragement, disillusionment. I mean, you know, you can give any of this language Mm -hmm. that you want through the church setting. And I find it often leads to one of two ends for people. One is they stay in a locale, but they're bitter, angry people. You you know, they, they don't deal with their junk and they just kind of internalize it. But for whatever reason, they have these external commitments or, or, or connections here. They just kind of endure and persevere and, and it sounds good, but they don't deal with what's going on inside, and they slowly become more calloused, cynical people within that locale. The far more common thing that I've experienced is people just tuck tail and run. Mm-hmm. You, you know, they, uh, they, 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 they curse the church, they curse the people, they, 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 they point all the fingers that way, um, and, uh, and just write it off, yeah. you know, and, and, and retreat into, you know, independent Christianity, (laughs) whatever that might look like or mean, but is often simply just an excuse as well for not dealing with the relationship hurts that God calls us to deal with, that they don't want to deal with being honest in a situation or working through differences in a situation. And you guys are one of the few that chose a third path. You know, you didn't stay stewing in a certain sense of bitterness or irreconcilable vision or whatever it might be. You didn't tuck tail and run in the sense of just you wrote church off and it's no longer a part of your life. Um, You know, you mentioned the chosen. You you could just sit there and watch chosen on your own, but you chose to do it in the context of community with other people, which is really what church is, Mm -hmm. right? Why this third way? Because that's a rare way. Most people don't do that. Yeah. Anything you want to start with before? Yeah. Well, um, when I think when, like what Terry said, we had started watching The Chosen when, um, when we kind of had all of the falling out. Um, but then when we had gotten this house, um, I think that it was kind of a thought within the family of creating this, you know, just so we had a space to worship. And we had looked at um, a couple of like rental properties that we could go to, you know, just to have that space because we knew that we wanted to worship together. And, you know, luckily we 
are within you know half an hour to an hour of the majority of Terry's family, so we were able to do that too. Um, and I think for me, when we got this house, and we had decided to sit down as a family and talk about what this would look like, um, and everyone was on board <laughs> except for me. <laughs> um, I was a little skeptical, and I told Terry, you know, this was right, you know, our first house, our son was like six months when we had first started looking at houses. And I think there was one night that I was crying like hysterically to Terry and was just like, we're not buying this house to make a church. Like this is gonna be our house before it's this church. And so we had, everyone was t had talked about all these plans of the basement and Everyone's got stuff. plans for your right. basement. Yeah. yeah. I mean, forget that you own the yeah. house. Right. You know, it's, everyone's got, yeah. Oh yeah. And I just said, you know, we didn't want, I didn't, want to be moving out of a house you know a couple years later I wanted to be something good grow into and you have all these dreams of like oh I wanted a theater room and all this stuff and then people are like oh well what about a church and how about some folding like, chairs right? yeah, not it, room yeah. For a church yeah and um, it's I mean it's worked out we've um, been able to kind of create those two different spaces um, and you know it, I think I kept telling Terry like Oh, well, he kept telling me, well, we'll just go where God wants us to. And I'm like, well, how do you know this is what God's saying? You know, um, mm -hmm. and Terry said, well, I'll just keep moving forward. And if there's a roadblock that comes up, then God's telling us to go somewhere different. And it ended up all working out. We originally um, were going to get a different house that was completely finished. And I'm sure we probably could have had house shirts there, too, <laughs> but there was a lot less room. And um we had put a bit on it and it was right next to his parents and ended up not getting it. And we were like, oh, well, we'll just look again later. And we weren't planning on getting a house for another like three or four months. And then all of a sudden um, his dad had a coworker that was getting, um, wanting to move. And so this house hadn't gone on the market yet. So we didn't have to get in a bidding war with anyone. It was, I mean, really good price range for us. Yeah, we all the things are just yeah, lining like, up. Everything and... lined up. You know, it had this empty area in the basement that ended up working out perfect for um, a church and could hold a decent amount of people. Might be a little squished if we <laughs> end up growing, but um, but no, it, and it's everything just seemed to line up. And so I think for me, that was the hardest thing was I was always concerned of, well, you know, there's, first we wanted this to be like our house and not a church before it was a house. And then it was, well, at least for me, for, um, well, what are other people gonna think? You know, I grew up always going to a church and not to someone else's house. You know, like a house for me was Bible studies. It wasn't- Yeah, houses are houses worship. and churches yeah. are churches and they're different, yeah. Yeah, and so I knew like, okay, well, this isn't our house. like my family will be coming over too. And you know, what are they gonna think of this? And I was close with my church family back home and what are they gonna think when they learn? Um, and so those were kind of like the issues we went through or I went yeah, through and yeah. Tara just kept saying, well, if this is what we're supposed to do, God will make it happen. And everything just kept lining up. <laughs> Whether you know, I wanted it to or not, but... <laughs> yeah, yeah, and, and the way that God just kind of opens doors. I mean, I haven't had a chance to share this with you too much, but your story is actually very similar to the Fellowship of Faith story. Mm -hmm. And maybe even many of our listeners don't realize this, but, you know, this church started in 1999. And it also 
started out of what I would call a lot of church hurt and church wounds, where there was, it, it hit a point of just things were going to be irreconcilable. Mm -hmm. And I wasn't part of the church at that time, but as, as I, I kind of pick up on the urban lore, if, if you will, from the people who have been here from the beginning, you know, they were going to scatter to the four winds originally, just kind of a sense of uncertainty. Mm -hmm. We'll just kind of matriculate into other congregations, some maybe not at all. And it was just a sense laid on the hearts of a few families, at least originally, of going, what if we just start something? Mm -hmm. Have a church the way it's supposed to be, right? Right. And you know, at first it's like, oh no, we can't do that, or what will people think, <laughs> the denomination isn't starting it, you know, all these right. guys, it's like, wait a minute, two or three gathered together in God's name, isn't that Jesus' church. biblical definition yeah. of church? And it was uh, several families meeting in a living room, Mm -hmm. who just started kicking around this vision for this thing, who then started reaching out to family and friends, and, and within a matter of weeks, were up and rolling, and the rest mm -hmm. has been history here. But, but hearing right. the stories, it's amazing. It's just, you, you don't even know how to do it. Right. You don't even know where you're <laughs> going. You just know that God continues to kind of lay one step in front of the other along a certain trajectory, and you have the courage to take it, because, man, it takes courage. Yeah. You know, I mean, you're buying houses so that it <laughs> works for this, and you don't know if this is going to last more than right. three weeks. I mean, your family can get bored. Right. You know, is it just yeah. like you two? Like, what do we do the first Sunday? Oh, <laughs> you know, and know. you're looking at each other. Yeah. And yet you did it. How long have you been going now? Uh, probably about, like, Three months. Yes. Yeah, kind of started in since April. Since we I think. moved in. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So, <laughs> okay. Church service number one. Help us unpack the kitchen, guys. Right. right? Exactly. Um, so you've been going about three three months, give or take. Let's mm -hmm. say twelve weeks. You know, yeah. within a range or something like that. And uh, I mean, already I have to believe that you've experienced the good, the bad, the ugly mm -hmm. of church. Because if I've learned anything else, <laughs> it's this: you can't run from your issues. You can't run from your problems. Or wherever you have two or three gathered in the name of Christ, sin is there. Right. Right? Yeah. And that's true in a, in a large church. Mm -hmm. It's true in a house church. Tell us a little bit about both the joys and the struggles of yeah. doing church in a house church context. Yeah, definitely. And even just to kind of circle back to, you know, your question about, you know, why the third option? I think it's just because, you know, for us, we didn't want to sit on our hands and kind of go, well, let's just be angry at the church, you know simplifying what church is, is like you said, it's relationships, it's where two or three are gathered. And you know, that's kind of the good part, the really great part about it is, you know, we didn't want to deal with all the logistics of, well, okay, you know, maybe we're not LCMS, you know, maybe we don't, maybe we don't have all these steps, you know, not a pastor, but we just strip it down to, you know, what the really cool part, you know, the good part about it is that it's relationships with people and it's relationships with God, you know. You get fed with a sermon, you know, whatever that be, you know, on the Bible app or on YouTube. Um, but then we're able to still worship with music. You know, we're fortunate enough to have, you know, a little system that me and Molly can play through, you know, with the relationship with Steve, um, being able to help us saying, you know, hey, how can we run some, you know, backing tracks to make this, you know, more full? And I think that's, you know, one of the really good parts about it is it's just so simple. You know, it's... Yeah. It's the word. Well, and even aside from what we would call the production. Right. And whether you're a house church of five or a mega church of 50,000, mm -hmm. there's always a production element right. of what you're doing. But it's people together. You're yeah. praying for each other. You're growing into each other's lives. I mean, that's always what church is meant to be, not just coming to the show. Mm -hmm. Right? And, and I know a house church can kind of capture that. And, right. and that's what you get to enjoy. How many people? 
like, like in a given... I think it's about 14 at the max, yeah. where we got total, you know... 11 this week, because you two and Zeke are here. Right. Yeah. So, you know, if the grandparents come into town, it's, it's probably about, you know, 14, which, you know, it's nothing huge, but it's, that's what's cool to see is, you know, it doesn't take, you know, a huge body of people to go, this is church. You know, for us, it's getting together. Now, what are the struggles? Yeah, I... I mean, it's definitely not an easy road. Like Kayla said, you know, in our relationship, you know, Kayla was very reserved about, hey, this is going to intrude on our personal lives, possibly. You know, and the hard possibly. part is, yeah, possibly, <laughs> as if it's not going to happen. Um, but, you know, the hard part is, you know, it's a family of 14 putting together a worship service, and a third of them are, are running it. So, you know, there's a lot of <laughs> energy and work that goes into it, and sometimes you're thinking, gosh, why, why are we putting this much work into, you know, it's, our service is not a full, you know, hour, hour and a half, or it's 45 minutes max with, you know, the sermon and the song. So there's a lot of work that goes into it, which then you kind of start to question, okay, why are we doing this again? You know, getting all mm-hmm. this ready, you know, finding sermons, getting songs picked out, and then, you know, that puts a strain a little bit, you know, on, on our relationship. But, you know, those, those are some of the really hard parts is just, keeping it going. You know, like you said, you could get bored with it, but it's, it kind of, you know, Sunday comes around yeah. relentlessly. Yeah. Whether you're ready or not. And you can never celebrate come. the Sunday you had because the next six days are bearing down right. on you. And now what guys? Yeah, right. Exactly. Well, and like Terry said, um, a third of us are running it and half of us are below the age of seven. Yeah. So, <laughs> um, but no, like, and I mean, especially we started this right after we got the house and this summer has been crazy regardless. Mm-hmm. And so when you have four or five people putting this together every week, but then you also have, you know, Terry's had three cousins get married already and it, it's hard to run something and find <laughs> the time to run it how you want it to be and not just be going through the motions. Right. Um, Cause that's something that we had talked about. Like we didn't ever want to be doing it just because we felt like we had to. We wanted to be doing it because we wanted to. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, there, there've been a couple of Sundays that we've been, the whole family would be out of town and we'd come back and we'll do it at like five o'clock at night because mm-hmm. that's, you know, when, yeah. if we're with my family and we're coming <laughs> back from Colorado, that's when it does. But we always have that conversation beforehand of, okay, does this, are we doing this because we feel like we need to since it's Sunday or are we doing this because we want to and like want to continue that relationship and so that's always been um, a really big conversation and just making sure that we're not just going through the motions right well and it sounds too I mean what's amazing is there's this commitment to it that I'm hearing between the lines as well that yes you want to and that propels you but but against that is what are we doing and how do we make this happen and what if people are gone is it just "Ah, I just retire it this week it's like Mm -hmm. no this is a part of our spiritual practice now and the fiber of who we are. Right. You, you know, what, what I'd love to do is we have people that are gathered with us in person here. Mm-hmm. We have a far bigger listening audience. Um, a lot of people who are, whether they're live streaming or not, are, are, are certainly listening to us and recording mm-hmm. and, you know, and picking us up on YouTube or on our podcast or things like that. We've got a huge audience of people listening right now um, through internet radio. Mm-hmm. and things like that that have been tuning into Fellowship of Faith regularly. Some of these people are local. Some of these people are out of state like you guys mm-hmm. are. Some of these people are even in other nations listening. Some of these people have been burned by church. 
some by other churches, some maybe by this church. And yet for whatever reason, they, they, they continue on, but they do it in isolation, mm-hmm. right? Or when convenient, or what words of encouragement do you have to the church hurt, church <laughs> yeah. burned world out there that has chosen the retreat victim option? Yeah. As opposed to what you guys are currently exploring. Yeah, I think just using that word is don't be the victim. You know, if, if you've been burned by a church, if you've been burned by, you know, relationships or, or a church building or, you know, a name or whatever, it's take time to heal, but do something about it. You know, if you don't like getting burned by church, I think that's kind of what we did is, you know, I didn't like the way that churches were, were ran. Do something about it. You know, there's, it's not rocket science. It's people and it's church, you know? So I think that's probably the, the biggest thing. Like, I just like to keep it really simple is just going, you know, Jesus died on the cross for everybody's sins. Relationships get burnt and, you know, or bridges get burnt, relationships break. And he died for those sins. Yeah, like, yeah. it's, don't, don't think that you're in a unique spot going, well, I can't because of X, Y, and Z. Well, so did the other person. So it's almost kind of like a, you know, for me, I just had to kind of get over it and go, I don't want this to happen to somebody else in my family, so I'm going to do something about it. You know, there's, you know, Jesus died for us so that we could have, you know, our sins forgiven, but there's also action on our part that we do just, you know, because he's calling you to do it. So I think for me, that's probably the biggest thing is, you know, if there's a relationship, you know, you got to take the time to heal, but then do something about it. You know, if that means starting a house church, that means starting a house church. If that means, you know, finding a relationship first and growing in the word, that's what that means. But do something about it would be what, what I would say. And that's what so impressed me about both of you through this is that, you know, through the process, the stories that you've shared with me before about trying to reconcile in certain situations, mm-hmm. about then exploring other avenues, about that getting derailed, about picking yeah. it up again. <laughs> Just keep moving forward as God is leading yeah. and never play the victim. Guys, I want to thank you for just blessing us with this. I mean, the, the beginning of this just partnership or, or, or connection relationship that mm-hmm. we've been forming with you guys in Nebraska has been awesome. Yeah. I don't know what God has in store <laughs> for you, whether you end up moving to facility someday or mm-hmm. it stays a house church or a collection of house churches, but I know he right. knows and it's going to be good. Oh yeah. Whatever that path is. Guys, just awesome. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Yeah. Thank you for sharing thank on you. stage. Let's give him a hand. And... We're going to pray for them in in their church who might even be listening um, soon after the service is done. But there's a song that we're going to sing. And and to me, it's it's become one of my favorite. It's it's almost like the anthem of every persecuted church, every every burned Christian, every, um, every person who's had to face the frustration of sin in community and go, Lord... How do I move from victimhood to obedient following of your path, which means gathering in your name in community? So I'm going to invite you to rise. Band's going to finish getting tuned here. And uh, Steve, all yours, man.